Hello and welcome to Liberated Tester Podcast. I am really glad to have you here listening to this episode. I am Gunesh Patel and I'm back this week with one more episode filled with software testing insights and the experiences from our guest today. I hope you like the episode and as usual please share the most valuable insight that you got from the episode on any of your socials and tag liberated tester. Without further delay, let's jump into today's episode. This episode of Liberated Tester is sponsored by fantastic people at Tricentis. who have just launched a new community called ShiftSync. It's a community for anyone interested in all aspects of quality engineering from left to the right across the whole software development spectrum. The platform features various articles, videos, learning materials, user forums and industry expert contribution and there is a chance to be on the leaderboard as well. I was myself on the leaderboard for 2 weeks. So don't wait any further and click on the link in the description to join the community and win some fabulous prizes hello everyone so i am back with the part 2 of the conversation with bridges deep and this time be ready to debunk all the myths that you have about value of your certification that you recently did or if you're wondering uh, how you can afford the next conference or a course that you have been eyeing on but it's too costly or too expensive for you Uh, Brijesh will be sharing his views on how you can make it more affordable for yourself. And within the buzz of all the ChatGPT and everything that's going on in the world, so Brijesh tried asking ChatGPT some of the questions that an automation tester would have to face in the interview, and let's see how it fared. Uh, you'll get the answer in the episode. And also, did you know that nothing called manual testing? I know that's been a pretty viral post from Brijesh, and. Did, but did you know that that particular hashtag actually led to the birth of the the famous test chat community that we have which has close to 18000 plus followers on linkedin and close to 6000 on telegram so without further delay let's jump into the episode like you said right that quality has a different definition for everyone out there yeah. so when we are into our project life cycles and mm-hmm. when we are doing a particular let's say requirement and then we are delivering that requirement people always say that quality definition is has to be the first point that we always do in the life cycle yes. but throughout the life cycle i mean in an ideal situation it's fine but in a real world it doesn't happen it, the the quality definitions keep on refining over the period like like i saw a video where there are four people standing in line and everyone is drawing on each other's back and then what comes out at the end is very different so i think that that particular um, process is very much similar to what happens in our real world right so in order to I won't say fix that but in order to improve that interpretation over over the whole life cycle uh what are some of the key points that maybe you implement as consultant or you recommend people to do it in their organizations So uh, okay so let's let's go back and talk about quality a little more on this one okay mm-hmm. <clears throat> Now 
it is very important when you are building a particular product it is very very important for you that you understand what the customer is looking for you correct looking yeah. for okay mm. and when i say that you have to be uh, aware of mm. what does quality mean to that customer correct yes mm-hmm. okay you have to look at quality from his or her perspective okay what are the quality characteristics that they are looking for yeah, yeah. that is of value to them mm. okay until and unless that is established mm. you will go nowhere correct yes. and a lot of projects suffer because that is something that they miss this is one question that should be asked right in the beginning Mm. but that mm. question is not asked sometimes till the very end yeah in the end when the customer is angry and says, this is not something that i was looking for that's when people realize oh no what have we built yeah correct you have not gone ahead and asked this question to the customer okay what is it that you want us to do mm. okay i will give you an example it so <clears throat> back in the day uh, we used to do a lot of different web development projects as a part of our uh, you know particular uh, assignment and uh, there was a greeting cards website that that our team was responsible for building so the home page okay. had a particular uh-huh. color and uh, that was one shade of purple okay not exactly the purple thing but it was a shade a particular shade okay. of purple uh-huh. that was a color that we did said the customer had said purple okay mm, mm. we did that and we sent he rejected okay. he rejected <laughs> saying saying this is not the shade that i was looking for yeah then we asked okay after the entire thing is done we asked okay what is the shade that you are looking for then he sent mm. us the sent us the hex code okay so the ones that you have like you know hashtag yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that Right, so right. there was a difference of two letters hmm. just two letters hmm. in his shade versus the one that we had yeah. given so what he did was when he did when we sent him the 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 you know the website uh, uh, link he went hmm. there and he did a rgb comparison and he looked oh. at the hex code okay. of the background he said no this does not match mine uh huh mine is different change it yeah so that is exactly what needs to be done and this is a this was a big lesson for me personally because then yeah. i realized that if this question was asked early at the hmm, hmm. at the very beginning he would have been very happy but it Correct. did not turn out yeah. okay then he became a little upset about it and then he started digging and he found some other bugs Hmm. which were hmm. missed and then uh, it was a you know sort of a different kind of a party <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, you know we can avoid a lot of challenges a lot of difficulties if we pay attention to details and if we ask the questions regarding quality hmm. up front yeah yeah it is that's why you know the, whether you go to uh, go through istqb or you go to rapid software testing there is an important part there called as quality characteristics okay what we say as uh, you know 
in in the ISTKB world, we we tend to say as functionality, usability, reliability, all of that efficiency. You know, there were seven of them. Now now there are I think twelve of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. With some ISO something. Okay, it's there in the TMAP world. Also, TMAP is uh, an ISTKB equivalent from Capgemini Societe. Yes, okay. correct. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> then in the RST world also, hmm. if you look at uh, the uh, rapid software, you know, testing course, and if you look at the model hmm. for designing test strategies, uh, then you see that there as well, that specifically quality characteristics have been called out. And there are yeah. a bunch of them listed there. Right, so it is right. an important aspect. You mm. cannot ignore that. You have to talk to the customer. You have mm. to understand that uh, you know it is important to involve the customer in your journey. Ask them what do they think, or yeah. what is it that they want from the product. What is of value to them? Quality is, of course, something that that is of value to someone who matters. Not mm, to us, correct. not to the developers, mm. but a stakeholder who has that decision-making authority. Okay, what is it that matters to him or her? That is very important, right? Yeah, so, yeah, correct. So that's and that's. Yeah, and from the looks of it, it I mean, the quality gets defined at the very beginning, right? And sure. We come in at a very later stage in that whole life cycle. So there is very little in terms of impact that can happen. We can ask questions. We can go back to developers. They they can go back and all that process takes a lot of time, right? But if we were to influence that process at the very beginning, what are some of the things that can be done? Okay, so... uh... You know, there has been a lot of talk about shift left. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are there have been debates, there have been discussions mm. yeah. about shift left. The basic point, the basic premise of the whole mm. shift left thing is to get testers involved early. Yeah. Right. Okay. And in my opinion, it's common sense. Mm. If you do not involve testers early, you yeah. are missing the boat. It's yeah, as correct. simple as that. Yeah. Right? Mm. You can't expect somebody to come late in the game and do mm. the magic for you. Yeah, correct. Okay, you need somebody who's going to ask those questions for you up front. Mm. And what I have seen in projects is uh, requirements, you know, uh, what testers get is a developer's version of the requirements. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They don't get involved early. <laughs> from You ask them, from where did you get the requirements or developers have given? Yeah. That is a developer's version. Mm. It is not something that was, uh, you know, discussed by the product owner. Because when the product owner was probably discussing that with customer, nobody else was involved. Not even the developers, not even the testers. Yeah. And I have been in situations where the testers or the testing team was hired halfway into the project because they think, oh, testing will come later. Oh, testing. (laughs) 
Okay, they keep saying that we are doing agile uh, this thing. We are following Scrum. Yeah. And uh, very happily still doing things in waterfall way. Mm. The testing will come later. Yeah, correct. <laughs> that is that is where the mindset is. You know, we're mm. talking about mindset, right? Yeah. Teams need to think in one direction, collective thinking. Mm. Okay, collectively think, okay, what is it that we are looking for? Quality. Okay, mm. if quality is the point of discussion, then we need to have everybody in the team aligned. We need testers joining the team early. Yes. We need testers to be talking to the product owners when they are developing those requirements. Not just mm. testers, but developers mm. also. Everybody yeah. should be in that discussion together. As yeah. the requirements come out, developers identify the requirements from a coding perspective. Testers identify the requirements from a testing perspective. Yeah. If right. they find that something is not right, then go back and ask that question again mm. to the product owner. Or if mm. they have access to it, then to the customer. Yes. But okay, this is what we think. This is what you said. And this is what we think it means. Is it mm. correct? Mm. Is our interpretation correct? Are we missing yeah. something? Mm. If you have those kind of discussions, what will happen is you will see that there are gaps in requirements that are identified up early. Yeah. Okay. And the customer will think, oh, you know what? I think we can change this. Okay. Mm. That that change will come early. So you don't have to wait in the very end until something is built and you, you are, uh, you know, uh, sending out a prototype and then it comes back. Oh, no, this is rubbish and things like that. Mm. you can avoid mm. that whole cycle yeah correct correct right so so that shift in mindset mm. is what is in my opinion uh, shift left and it should happen early okay mm. yeah uh, there was there was this interesting quote that i read and um, you know uh, i think it was from Anne marie Charette where she said uh, ultimate shift left happens at the time of onboarding so if you mm. onboard your testers mm. early your shift left ultimate shift left happens i have a slightly different take on that okay okay i think mm-hmm. the ultimate shift left happens at your at the level when you are describing your when you are doing your job description mm. okay if you describe your job correctly for a tester that is before you hire the tester that's Correct. when the shift yes. left starts because mm. you start thinking about involving them early yeah yeah. Okay. And that's how you say you specify the job requirements or in the job descriptions that you have to be in on those meetings with the product owner, uh, you know, discussing what those requirements are. Mm. Okay. I Have you done something like that? That, will, that is going to be a part of your job. Mm. Okay. Requirements elicitation from a testing perspective is a part of your job. It is a responsibility that you have, that you Correct. get clear idea about the test requirements Hmm. that's where the ultimate shift left happens in my opinion okay and that again goes back to the same thing mindset Hmm. okay do you have that thought Hmm. process are you thinking that deep in terms of Hmm. improving your process when i say this to some customers some people they're like hmm what (laughs) <laughs> but we don't need testers that time because then suddenly they start thinking, oh, we have to pay somebody extra. Uh, you know, those hours get, so all the billing and the payment questions comes. So the later you onboard them, the later you have to start your payment cycle. 
Hmm. Okay, so all of that has its own implication, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you said, like ultimate shift lift is can be as early as when you define a job when you're onboarding yeah, a person. Correct. Yeah, correct. that's what that's correct. what I personally think. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I I get exactly what uh, Anne Marie was trying to say, hmm. and I kind of agree with it as well. Uh, but I think personally think that that. you could still go back one step earlier yeah and like you said it boils down to the mindset of an organization as a whole uh when and how you can implement it so we want to develop that mindset like you mentioned there are a lot of cool school of thoughts which are already there there is rst there is a one by sojati um there is an istqb thing which is there but if you look at the overall um introduction slash coaching in those uh, methods for me it's personally it's pricey okay it's expensive to get trained in those methods uh the training courses and other things that are there so can't we can't we make it like more affordable for people so that the mindset things that we have could be implemented very effectively because sometimes I I'll tell you my example. I went to a particular site. I saw that certification cost me two thousand euros. I said there is no way that my organization is going to approve two thousand euros for one course, and then take another two courses to pay similar kind of fees to get that particular methodology. And then again, when I come back, I'm not sure whether everyone would be open to try that out. So once we have spent like six thousand euros on a particular training. are we sure that we'll get that output and are we sure that it will fit into our culture so those questions are already there so if that was like more affordable in nature we could have propagated that particular thing more easily right what do you think that's a very uh, deep question <laughs> i would say <laughs> again a, a tough one uh, okay so affordability is is one aspect of Yeah I will tell you something about my journey okay so <clears throat> I took up the ISTQB certification uh somewhere around 2007 2008 I don't even remember uh, mm. but I did that and uh, those days it was costing around 4000 uh, rupees or something like that okay mm-hmm. okay and uh, affordability yeah we could somehow manage Yeah, if you correct. could clear the exam yeah. in one attempt, it yeah. wouldn't be that much of a pinch. Hmm. For training, uh, we didn't bother much. We just got the book that's written by uh, Dorothy Graham and yeah. I think it's Eric Van Benendal. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> the the foundations of software testing for ISTQB. That was the book. Uh, we read through that. we went through the icqb syllabus and then did the exam hmm uh, choice not so not so difficult to to pass pass the exam okay hmm however uh, when i came across rst and things like that you're right i did think that they were pricey i didn't yeah. go for the rst courses then hmm i had a totally different approach i wanted to learn okay yeah. i wanted to understand what goes on in Uh, you know in building that sort of a mindset that sort of mm-hmm. thinking correct which was of a different way so yeah 
there is so much free material that's available hmm people have access to it hmm okay when i say do a course like bbst or or rst and and you say it's not uh, i cannot afford it yeah my solution is very simple okay you know what rst material hmm not exactly the entire piece but yeah. the pieces of wisdom from james hmm. michael uh, from hobscots and from yeah. other trainers who do rst hmm. training is available yeah correct okay go mm. and visit their website read through their blogs read through their articles watch their videos there are recordings available mm. you know of their conference talks it you know pours out the mindset that they are mm. talking about yeah correct so yes. take advantage of that mm. and at the same time keep saving that money so that you accumulate enough money to do that course someday at some point in future if you yeah, if you make a correct. plan then you can plan accordingly mm. and do it mm. i'll tell you this gunesh you brought a very good point about affordability mm. and i want to say yeah. this i have always wanted a platform to say this out loud mm. but thank you for giving me this platform and i will say it and i hope testers listen to it some of them may get angry or upset with me but yeah. i am going to say it anyways okay mm. the biggest problem is that we all invest mm. we all save money invest money we invest in in uh, you know mutual funds we invest in uh, provident fund and and this fund and that fund we invest in terms of buying property yeah because we can see that as a tangible thing right yeah, we correct. can use yeah. it we we can liquidate those assets and and use that money or we can live in that house that we have invested or mm. we can put it on rent and and get money every time how much of the salaries of a person is actually invested in learning mm. people get paid really well yeah yeah correct but how much of that monthly salary are you saying okay this is for my personal development for my mm. learning mm. 1000 rupees 2000 rupees whatever okay uh, if i just take an example of of india the mutual fund scheme has something called a mm. systematic investment plan sip and you can yeah. start doing an sip from i think from 1000 rupees or or, or yeah, probably yeah. even less even than even 100 is possible 100 yeah. rupees yeah. right yeah. so you do a systematic investment so so why can't you do a systematic investment plan for your own development <laughs> is the question that i want to ask yeah very valid people would come yes. to me and say you know what the conference is costing 4000 rupees you mm. couldn't save 4000 rupees in your career to do a conference <laughs> don't tell me that don't yeah. tell me that that you haven't had the opportunity of saving money to buy that book mm. that, that that conveys the information and you are asking me is a pdf version available yeah so very if very valid costing, if a book is yeah. costing say say 100 dollars which is mm. what around um, yeah. 8000 rupees yeah 8000 rupees now yeah, yeah. so a 8000 rupees if the book is costing people will say can i get a pdf version of it so that i can get <laughs> it for free and i'm like are you serious <laughs> you couldn't save these 8000 rupees to buy that book hmm why do you want to pirate and kill that person's hard work yeah correct look at it from that perspective also right hmm 
yeah Pe- people get offended even if they don't get credit on the post on the linkedin and now people want free books uh, for the person free who books, has invested free access like... to conferences i'm sorry yeah. this is going to piss a few people off okay rajesh <laughs> uh, is talking he may be getting a lot of salary no i don't hmm. but you know one practice that i've always made sure that i've done is is to save money from that perspective focus on hmm. myself focus on my development in my career that needs yeah. investment if i have to grow i have to learn hmm okay i listen to particular podcasts which are paid hmm okay there are paid podcasts where you listen to speakers leaders from the industry to yeah. the paid podcasts Correct. there are monthly subscriptions mm-hmm. that you have to manage hmm for a certain period free a subscription will work until you get used to it but then you'll start thinking okay what is the next step if i want to grow i may have to go for a paid subscription correct so yes. i have to invest towards that right i have mm. to save money so that i grow but mm. people are like okay no we will buy houses we will buy property mm. we will do sip this but for my own growth for my learning for my career i don't need to invest mm. and then they will say oh i don't have free access i don't get promoted in office you have yeah. not done anything to improve yourself why are you expecting yeah right sorry boss it <laughs> it may hurt you but this is a fact yeah okay, i i had uh, i had asked in ttc once how much mm-hmm. investment do you do yeah not many not many yes i i, I think it was less than 10% of the people who responded saying yes we invest mm-hmm. correct so it was quite painful to see that and it is the yeah. truth and i'll tell you this also because uh, i've been on the organizing committee of a few conferences mhm and i have friends who organize conferences and talks and we talk on these matters so a lot of times conferences anou- announce free passes yeah okay and yeah. it is quite painful to see people with the designations of director senior director vp and all of that get taking those mm-hmm. free passes mhm I mean come on you get paid enough you could afford that it was 10000 rupees you couldn't pay 10000 rupees and get a pass mm. that you wanted to you had to wait for a free pass to arrive and then you take the free pass which could have easily gone to somebody who can't afford the fees yeah for example somebody who's just joined the industry and needs to get a perspective mm. okay his salary may not be so much that he can afford to save 10000 rupees to go that pass will be yeah. helpful to a person like him or her mm-hmm. okay and and that is what is the intention of the conference organizer is yeah. but because there is a free pass available despite you being a senior director or a vp you go and take that pass and 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 join the conference how fair mm. is that yeah, sorry and that, it's, and it's that, again going to piss yeah. some people off but <laughs> but, but it's, it's the truth yeah no that's that's what you're here for you're here for the good discussion right so some valid points people can learn so yeah and i also i think in at that part of position or that position you could easily ask your organization also to pay for it i mean it's not it's not that you have to shell it out every time your organization yeah. will also have budget for your development oh also, right? that's so, that's another thing gunesh budget of the organization yeah. that's a very good point that you brought out okay yeah there is every organization in my knowledge has a mm. budget for learning and development yeah okay 
But when you go to those organizations, when you ask mm-hmm. HR, can I go and attend that conference? The answer is a flat no. Yeah. Okay. Now the reasons given is, okay, that is a three-day conference. So yeah. you will be gone for three days. So if it's mm-hmm. a service-based organization, who pays for your billing hours? Okay. Correct. Even if you mm-hmm. talk to the customer and the customer has given you a green signal, yeah, you will not get a go-ahead because your billing is impacted. Number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, who's going to bear the cost? If you say mm-hmm. to the organization that, oh, it's pro- you have a learning and development budget, mm-hmm. and they say, no, no, we are doing trainings for you guys. We are doing this. We are doing that. They, you will get a thousand reasons, but still they will not pay. Mm. And that is that is another problem. Lack of support from organizations. Yeah. Okay. I, I seriously do not have an answer to that because I have been on the receiving end quite a few times of that. Mm. Okay. When I have gone and asked and I'm like, what? You don't have the money? <laughs> okay. Then I'll have to shell it out from my pocket and... and yeah yeah i think in that in that aspect i think i've been i've been fortunate um in that sense because the this current organization that i joined i think they are pretty open to all these things and they are okay to pay for it and yeah yeah so i consider myself very fortunate in that sense i think (laughs) you you, you've got to be a a lucky soul i i would have used a different um phrase here but uh, but since this is a podcast <laughs> I <get> <laughs> yeah I, I get that i get that one of my hashtags is very popular for that oh i know which one should we talk about it <laughs> yeah so nothing called manual testing so i think that's the one you're referring to <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. why do you keep yeah. saying it again and again what does it mean oh my god that is <laughs> yeah i think i was also uh, reading through the latest uh, discussion on the test chat telegram where uh, i think it was the same uh, context that we had there so uh, why don't we why don't we say like when when it actually started what was okay, so this is, this is this is a fun story. I think it was two years back or th- now two and a half years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was during the COVID time. Yeah, and one day I was writing a post about. Uh, so I I used to I keep getting posts saying or messages saying I am a manual tester. I want uh, I am not being seen properly in the industry or in my company. I am not getting opportunities to grow. People uh-huh. are not talking to me properly. People are looking down upon me. I want to learn automation. I, I don't see any future, blah, blah, blah. And they begin the sentence by saying, I am a manual tester. Mm. And after reading a bunch of them, I had actually read about six or seven of them in this in a span of like two, three hours. And I yeah. was really mad. Okay. And, and at that point of time, I think the COVID lockdown had just started. So I was at home and this... And I was already pissed because, you know, lockdown and you were getting yeah. used to it. Okay. Yeah. And then this happens. <clears throat> so I was like, what is going on? So I took to LinkedIn, my, my mm-hmm. favorite uh, venting out space. Yeah. Okay, you say that I am very active on LinkedIn. It's <laughs> usually me venting out. <laughs> it's, LinkedIn is my coping mechanism. Okay. Uh, okay. To all that. Uh, mess that goes around it's just my coping mechanism I read some Uh stuff I I enjoy I learn and then if I have to say something I say it okay so that day I wrote a post Mm -hmm. and 
in those days the character limit of linkedin was only 1500 characters on okay. the uh-huh. on on the post now okay. it's 3000 characters thankfully okay. uh-huh. but that also feels less for me sometimes okay <laughs> and and uh, so in the saying things in that 1500 characters was very difficult for me hmm. and i wanted to say there is nothing called manual testing i had written separate hmm. words yeah and i realized that if i remove the gap and i turn it yeah. into a hashtag i save at least 3 4 characters and that's uh-huh. all i needed to complete the 15 characters and i did that and i created yeah. that hashtag the only yeah. intention of that hashtag at that point of time was to say that you know that this is my thought uh-huh. the hashtag was never an intention it was just a, you know the need of the out yeah. okay and it went out and that post became viral and i had like uh, about uh, 150000 reactions within 3 hours Ooh. sorry uh, views within 3 hours Mm-hmm. People started pinging me and saying, "Hey, look, what have you done? What has your post done?" And I was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Okay. And then another thing that happened, and I must mention this: the post, obviously, because it was viral, because a lot of people uh, were able to relate it, relate to it, was being shared as well. A lot of people started asking me what it it is, and then I started mm-hmm. tried to explain it further as to why I keep saying this. Yeah. and i will uh, try to explain it here once again so the thing is uh when when we started testing mm-hmm. okay in 1999 2000 time frame when i started testing we did not have this disambiguation saying oh manual tests and automation tests and we did yeah. not have that it was all testing and that's how i have learned mm. what testing is for yeah. me these are not two separate things but i also realized that when the automation tools came into the market they mm. wanted a comparator right yeah. saying okay yeah. we are faster than something else what is that Correct. something else mm. manual, manual testing that's yeah. how the term came okay it is the mm. tool vendors like you know hp qtp whatever you know the tools came they started doing this and this has become a norm in the industry and because it has existed for these 20 25 years yeah it is now a part and parcel of the life and, and it is almost like you know an entire generation or two generations of testers have mm. uh, learned this and this is seen as an ultimate truth whereas it is not okay if yeah, you think mm. logically mm. there is nothing manual as such about testing and if you think uh if 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 you put forth an argument saying oh this is something that you use tools uh mm. you know for automation and if you don't use tools it is it is manual mm. well then then the argument goes on even further yeah saying okay developers they write their code with hands so mm. are they manual mm. developers mm. <laughs> project managers they manage projects writing notes with their pen are they manual yeah. project managers Mm. and i have extended it even further and you saw it on 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 the test chat uh, as well ceos yeah. don't use <laughs> tools so they are all yeah. manual ceos no right <laughs> it can't be so so let's stop arguing about it let's understand what it is yeah what has happened mm. over, over the years gunesh is that uh, you know there is a 
the most obvious thing is that there is a pay gap. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're a manual mm-hmm. tester. You this is the kind of salary that you get. Oh, you are an automation tester. It's like three times, four times salary. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Just because they can code, they can use a particular tool. How beneficial is that? Mm-hmm. Have you tried to see if, if if he is or she is able to think critically as well, which is most essential for testing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. argument simply is, if your tool can think, if your tool can ask questions, yeah. then you have a justification, but it can't do either of them. Can it analyze? No, it cannot. Mm. It can provide you results, but it will not analyze. For that, you need a person. Right? You need yeah. a human. Yeah. Uh, again, quoting Fares Modi, he said something really interesting. He mm-hmm. said, uh, you know, people who say automation, automation, automation all the time, who writes the automation code? It is mm. they themselves. Yeah, right. So, so they are all manual automation testers, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? He said this. And I was like, yeah, that, 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 there's a point, right? So let's not get into this terminology thing. Okay. In fact, uh, there have been incidents where, uh, you know, managers have, have looked down upon uh, testers who cannot code. Mm. Saying, oh, you are just a button clicker or something like that. Okay, you can't uh, code. So you are mm. not good enough. And things like yeah. that. So it has mm. become more more like a, a stigma. Stigma, yeah. And, and yeah. this is the mindset that I want to avoid. Mm. Okay, if possible, eliminate completely. Uh, you, you can't treat people like this. Just because of their ability to write code or not write code. Okay, you need to understand that that there is a, a you know uh, a sense where you need to think critically, where you need to be more uh, analytical in nature. You know, you need to be able to be in a position where you are being able to identify risks and stuff. Those are the kind of things that that you would need in a tester rather than classifying them as you know manual automation whatever so that's where the hashtag is that's i can go on about it okay <laughs> so, yeah so so what i was saying essentially is that you can't have uh, people being treated that way okay mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, it is it is more of a stigma than anything else now there needs to be fair treatment. Okay, salaries is one discussion. We can mm-hmm. have a separate discussion. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the job descriptions these days, they are pathetic. They don't even ask for any testing skills. It's all tools mm-hmm. and that's... So, you know, there's a lot that we can work on. Instead of engaging in this, in these, uh, you know, meaningless uh, manual testing, automation testing discussions... Mm. This versus that. I, I, I simply don't see a point, okay? Yeah. People will go on and on with benefits of automation, benefits of automation. You don't do manual testing. And I'm like, what is it that you're trying to say? Mm. Recently, one of the very popular, uh, you know, influencers or YouTube uh, YouTuber, 
he uh, launched a, a manual testing course. Oh, okay. a course on manual testing, <laughs> and it said, uh, and and when I went through the course contents, it said Jira, uh. it said uh, Scrum, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, Jira and Scrum are first of all not testing concepts. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> what, what is manual about testing? And I commented, and 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 I never re- received a reply uh. because that is something that have that is being sold like that. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the market, hmm. right? People are making money out of it. Correct. So if I challenge too much, they will see that as a threat to their business and, and again, be ballistic on me. Yeah. Okay. And that has been the reason you were asking me about some of the differences of opinions on, on hmm. LinkedIn. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of it ha- has come from that. Hmm. And people see that, people see my opinion as a threat to their business model. Hmm. For example... I had written about uh, test cases, yeah. not using test cases. And mm. if somebody who is selling test cases as as their business, yeah, then it's a problem, right? Yes. Correct. So they will obviously disagree with me. So so yeah. like likewise on on the manual testing, automation testing. <clears throat> I mean, my point is very clear. Yeah. There is nothing called manual testing. <laughs> In fact, I go on to add there is nothing called automation testing also. Yeah, there is automation in testing. You mm. use, you make use of automation in testing. There is yeah. automation, obviously. Yeah. It helps you. It mm. it helps you a great deal if you know code, if you understand the system architecture, if you know mm. tools. It is going to help you. Mm. It is going to make you more efficient, more effective as a tester. There is no yeah, doubt okay. about it. Yeah. Okay. Now complement that with your ability to think critically find out risks, analyze logically and and see how better you go, get at, at testing, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of fighting, is uh, automation testing better or, or manual testing is going to die or whatever? <laughs> Focus on learning testing. Yeah. Nobody is dying. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question or not, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You did. You did. I am very tempted to go back to that ISTQB thing and uh, discuss. Please some more, go ahead. But <laughs> go back. <laughs> so when we when we said, um, but it it also links to the affordability point that we had, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you if you look at it in the Southeast Asia, or if you even go slightly further into East Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, the the overall impression of ISTQB is more because uh, the other methodologies have not uh, propagated because of one factor is people who are experts are not really present in the area. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have that much connect with the people who are already there. And the mm-hmm. second thing, as you mentioned also, that ISTQB is more affordable in that sense to get certified in istqb it doesn't take much uh, financially cost yeah and also in training and other things and because so it is uh, uh, how would i put it so let's say it's it's like a a very different analogy but it's like a it's like a variant uh, like if you say there is a mutation that has happened in india for covid 
and it spreads in it spreads in india a lot and unless the person travels abroad it will not go there and spread there right so it's it's very similar to that because in india we had lot of people already i won't say affected but uh, influenced by stqb and that's why people that that circle has just grown that influence thing which had so if we want to include any other uh, aspects into that i think first thing for and it is true for uh, it is true in all the sense in the southeast asia if you look at any other products uh, or any um, any outside products which want to launch in india affordability is the first thing that they have to look into you look at payment gateways you look at banks you look at any other offerings which are doing very well in other continents once they come and set foot here the affordability is the first one that they have to look at yeah. and i think that that particular thing also has to be looked at into these uh, methodologies so that we have a better um, what do you say a better playground for people to start testing with we don't have that variation in that playground and that's why i think people's mindset and people's techniques are still bound to one particular direction no i i i i agree with you for for uh, the most part um however hmm. however i want to add something here okay affordability is is indeed one aspect but let's look at it from a value perspective okay mm. what does istqb give you or what does an exam like istqb prove let's talk about it first okay yeah and okay. okay i think it's more it's more on the theory side that it proves that you correct. know the stuff yeah correct so it is basically uh, uh, that certificate proves that you can memorize a few things and you can mm. check a few answers based on your yeah. memory yeah to me it proves nothing more than that mm. does it prove that you are a good tester probably not no probably can you not. say that every istqb certified tester is a very good tester no right it is a check in the box for many employers yeah. people look oh istqb tester let's hire mm. but is that tester valuable probably 6 months later you will say oh this tester we don't need yeah yeah understand why what is happening there it's because yes iscqb is popular there uh, there is a cost implication there you know it is much more affordable in this re- region and they have done it on purpose like that so that they can get more visibility but at the end of the day mm. iscqb is a business mm yeah right so the more people get certified the more money they make and the yeah. way and the easiest way of people getting certified is to give them mcqs mm. memorize the answers mm. write the answers in the exam done but what is the value that people are getting out of it is the question that i want to ask yeah okay yeah. i agree with you that that affordability is is one big aspect out of sight is out of mind so until unless you are visible you know if somebody like uh, you know Ken Kaner, who is doing BBST, is more yeah. visible in the region. BBST mm. will not gain that popularity. Otherwise, BBST is an excellent course. Yeah, there is a you know, there is a free version 
available where you can go and do the course online. There's an online version and then there is a paid version, of course, which mm. is yes. on the expensive side. Mm. Uh, similarly, rapid software testing is expensive, but there are corporate programs where, you know, companies let their employees train through their learning and development budget. And we've spoken about it. Yeah. Uh, companies yeah. don't want to spend that budget. Okay. So there are different aspects to it. It is, it is not a one hour or 15 minutes discussion <laughs> that is going to solve this problem. It is a big yeah. problem. Yeah. And, and I agree that this is very much responsible for driving that mindset. Mm. Okay, I say give me why? Because a lot of there are a lot of certified testers because it is easy, because it is affordable. People learn it and then they stick to it, saying, "Oh, this is the one that we know." Yeah, this is the how way you test. This is the way mm. you design your test cases. This is your test design. Blah 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 blah. Mm. Whatever. Yeah, so that's why you know when you ask test design equivalence partitioning boundary value, that's it. <laughs> Done. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. Or yeah. at the most, they will say, oh, there, there are some structural designing techniques. There are some experience-based designing techniques. And yeah. there are some more, uh, what is that? Non-structural, whatever. Okay. I, I still remember, I think, in, in the book that I had, it was on page number 108 or something. Like that. Okay. Yeah. I used to still remember. <laughs> okay. That is the page number you go to if you want to learn about test design. And okay. you learn about few techniques. You learn about state transition, decision tree, and equivalence partitioning, yeah. and boundary value analysis, uh, and then you are you can clear the exam. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so. it's it, it's like when you are also interviewing. I I've observed when I'm interviewing for someone with automation skills, right? When whenever I ask them for a design pattern, page object model is a standard answer I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody talks about factory pattern. Nobody yeah. talks about the singleton pattern. Nobody talks about any other patterns which are well, there. Well, uh, interestingly enough, if you ask yeah. ChatGPT about design patterns and test automation, the 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 answer you get is page object model. Yeah. Okay. So so ChatGPT is not far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because that is. I, I have tried uh, that. I am asking it. Yeah. It has not cleared the automation interview. In my opinion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the the material that it has reference to, right? It has it, it it's the page object model is the only thing that people refer all the time. Though I have sure. seen a couple of posts in the recent past which this define some other patterns also, but I mean people are using them. People just don't take that effort to get to know. Okay, I, this is I'll what tell you it something. Is. I'll tell you something funny from yesterday. Okay, uh, I wrote a post and I wrote it in a story format, and then somebody made a reference to ChatGPT in their comment. Hmm. And I thought, oh, this is a good idea to ask ChatGPT for a test strategy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see what. Oh my God, it was so painful. I can't describe. <laughs> okay, I asked I asked ChatGPT a simple simple question. Okay, for example, I'm testing a retail shopping website. Hmm. What what should be my test strategy? You know what it said? Okay, you need to do unit testing, integration testing, system testing, blah blah blah, and and and, and just the common theory. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's all you've got to offer. <laughs> yeah. If you look at ChatGPT context from our normal day to day things, right? Um, because ChatGPT is based on something, even yeah. our knowledge is based on those kind of um, materials, right? So just that ChatGPT has a huge volume of reference. But if you still look at it, 
the reference the percentage of the other things which are there in chat gpt's reference is very low so i think as a community we should start putting out more material on the other aspects of testing other design techniques other patterns other whatever variations we have and whatever have helped us in the job yes. i think that yes. will be something that will also help a uh, community as a whole to maybe yeah. get onto a different line of thinking so you are the chief enablement officer at the test chat the ttc and i think you have four ceos right yeah. so yeah that was the first time i heard uh, i think that was at the test sigma event i heard uh, we have four ceos and i was like how how is that possible <laughs> and <laughs> then i looked into and then i saw all the uh, titles and i was like oh okay that's that's what the ceo thing is i said okay okay so uh, um tell us more about like what how how the test chat was born and i also know that this was started virtually and then you guys met physically maybe after 2 years or something so tell us more about it so i i came to the netherlands in 2016 okay mm-hmm. and, and uh, for the first few months i did not have a job out here because i had left my job in india and had come here and i was looking for a, a job here okay so during that time i was thinking one day and i was thinking that there should be a platform where testers can think of stuff and mm talk about it discuss it there has to be something like that because there was nothing existing yeah yeah there were meetups there were conferences they were happening but we did not have a platform as such and uh, testers needed a voice so mm. anyways i thought about it i drew a mind map and i put it in my google drive and i forgot about it you know life okay. went on i got a mm. job i got settled in it 2020 covid happened yeah lockdown happened mm and lockdown happened and then nothing called manual testing post went out yeah okay <laughs> it all started with that okay <laughs> when the post went out and it went viral yeah these three guys they messaged me separately uh-huh. sachin uh, faiz and and adivayo they messaged yeah. me separately and i said that, that they agreed with the post and the fundamental that i had spoken about and they would want to talk about it even further mm and they started talking about and then we got together and we started talking about writing a book about nothing on manual testing okay okay it is still nothing on manual testing and the test chat is not yet there but uh-huh. then you know it stuck me that the idea that i had thought about about a testing platform where we could say stuff mm-hmm. could actually happen let me float the idea to these three gentlemen yeah and 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 i floated the idea mhm and they said wow this is a good idea so what do you have in mind they asked me i said let's start with the whatsapp group so uh-huh. i formed a whatsapp group called the test chat uh-huh. and the whatsapp group was advertised on 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 linkedin and it was full within two and a half weeks 250 oh. people <laughs> group members could be added it was full so we needed a bigger house we moved to telegram and now we are still growing on yeah. telegram on telegram we are about 5273 uh, and then uh, we are a linkedin group of 18000 plus mm. globally uh, so that's how the numbers numbers are but the numbers don't matter what matters is that the people who wanted to speak they got a platform yeah. they could yeah. come 
you know, chat, 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 chat about it entire day. And we said, okay, if it is just a chat platform, not many will have access to. Let's go to YouTube also. And mm. there I started the podcast series called Tester Speak. Yeah. Uh, then I started the AMAs with, with the experts. And we brought in another aspect called women in testing. We wanted to give them you know, some sort of a limelight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a conscious effort for us to give a separate sort of a limelight to them because, you know, we've noticed that in the industry, women mm. are still, the it is still male dominated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so we said, let's, let's try and cut the clutter and give them a, a sort of a more exposure. Mm. Okay. We can't give them a different platform as such because yeah. we are nobody to give women a platform. They, mm. they are too good in yeah. themselves. Yes. Okay. Yes. We are too small to be doing that. Yeah. The only thing that we can do is we can shine some light and, 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 you know, show their work in good light and they did a pretty good job. Hmm. But then we also realized at the same time that, that if we give something separately for women, the divide still remains. We're still yeah. treating women differently as compared. Differently, yes. Right, so it is it is a double-edged sword. While hmm. on one side, we want to give them more exposure. On the other side, we don't want them to be treated separately. Yeah. Okay, so that's also there. So that's yeah. always been the dilemma. Yes. But... But, you know, we still went ahead and did that. And we did our first conference last year, the Axiom Conf, which was, mm. which had all women speakers. All mm. the volunteers were women and we were, men were there, but we were in, in the backseat. Okay. 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 We, we enabled everything for the women mm. to be successful as far. And it was an excellent conference spoken by mm. some of the leaders in the testing industry, some yeah. of the women leaders. Mm-hmm. It was excellent. So... You know, all in all, this is what the test chat community is being doing. It is the focus is to give voice to testers. Yeah. You know, uh, speak up and speak out is what we advocate, uh, and we are driven by the the eighth habit from Dr. Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. which is find your voice and help others find their find voice. their voice. So yeah. that's that's what we do, and uh, we've been successful so far. We have been trying to do more uh, this year's event calendar is yet not published because mm. things mm. have been a little slow because of my health condition and uh, mm. other people have been a little busy there have been health conditions otherwise as well but yeah. we will obviously have events through this year two months have gone by but we will soon see some traction happening so yeah so yeah that's about cool. ATC <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been on the channel YouTube channel and I've enjoyed a couple of discussions there. I also saw one very exhaustive AWS um, series which is yes. made, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, which which uh, is very good. I mean, I've I've been through four or five uh, videos of it. I, I I need to mention. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. So Jyoti yeah. Mishra, one of the testers, okay, one of the women who hardly spoke, hmm. who hardly spoke. Uh, I had a chat with her one day and I said, you need to get in on YouTube. Yeah. You're, you're pretty good with the stuff that you do. She's like, no, Brijesh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, no, mm. just do it. So she appeared on one of the episodes of WIT, spoke for two minutes. Yeah. And then she just took off from there. Mm. She came yeah. on my Tester Speak episode. She spoke and then she comes to me and says, Brijesh, I want to do an AWS series. Mm. I said, most welcome. Yeah. 
and she did 25 consecutive weekends she did she went through covid and still she was doing it mm. okay that was the dedication even if there is somebody attending her class or not she would be there on yeah. time every mm. weekend for 25 continuous weeks she did hats off to her i mean phenomenal yeah. attitude and that is the attitude that i was talking about that's what you yeah. need in a test yeah that's an you know, amazing commitment done, it yeah. works for the community she knew that at the end of the day she may be benefited or not but yeah absolutely i mean that's 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 the attitude right i mean yeah that's what you were talking about all right i think it's been rather long discussion <laughs> very very long. fruitful one and very good one that i had in long days uh okay i think um, i think from my side that's what for today i would say for today that's what i had and then maybe we can have another discussion some other day on sure. some other topics definitely. yeah definitely the, some very yeah, good questions other... you put me on the spot so good <laughs> uh, thank you thank you for doing it thank you for answering them uh, so well and thank you obviously for your time uh, getting up at 6 o'clock and being there for this thank you so much i really appreciate it again thanks again for your time i believe everyone listening will be much more in a much more better place than what they had uh, maybe like an hour ago well thank you so much gunesh uh, uh, you know your podcast is is one of the one of my favorite ones i listen to it regularly you brought in some very good episodes some very good guests and i look forward to many more episodes you're doing a great job for the community so keep thank keep it you. going thank okay, you so uh, much thank you so much big fan of your work otherwise as well I mean, like I said, the Test Sigma event showed how quickly you could do a mind map, and that was mm. that was mind-boggling. Uh, so, so keep up the good work, uh, keep spreading the message, and thank you so thank much for you. the opportunity. No, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found it useful. If you did learn something new today, please follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and also. share rate subscribe to the podcast so that you get the notifications for the new episodes as and when they are launched thank you for being here it really means a lot to me until we meet again it's a goodbye from my side take care and be in great health thank you